0: Hey everyone, welcome back to the All Things Gymnastics podcast. I'm Ashley. And I'm Brittany. And this is the podcast where we talk about all things gymnastics. We are back from NCAAs and it's time to share all of our thoughts from Oklahoma winning the title to LSU making the Final Four, Trinity matching the perfect 10 record for all-time 10s, and so much more. So let's get into it. Hello, friends. We are going to talk about the NCAA Championships today. Sorry, this episode is a little bit late. We were getting our Yeehaw on down in Texas. <laughs> we've well, we've been back for a few days now. But honestly, I think we were just so exhausted. Yeah. That we needed a few days to kind of just like I don't even want to say do nothing because honestly we've both been working we've been non-stop. catching up on work. Yeah, just catching up on work, cleaning the apartment, you know, all of those things. Alright, honey, don't act like you've been cleaning the apartment. Do not do not go there. <laughs> You mean I have been cleaning the apartment? The apartment did need to be cleaned, yes. Did you notice when you walked in the door? I did, thank you. And also the luggage needed to be put away from the last trip we went on because we're one of those people that we get home from trips and then we do not unpack. Yeah, because we went... Utah was earlier in the year, but then we went to Iowa for Big Tens, then we went to our gym mom, Amy's house to watch regionals, and then we went to nationals. So it was just a lot of like packing and going places and just never unpacking. Yeah. And we did that, finally. We finally put all our stuff away, so... Well, but anyways, I, did, I did at least. <laughs> we digress. We're finally ready to talk about NCAAs and all of the excitement that went along with it. I guess, first of all, I just want to say thank you so much to everybody who came up and introduced themselves to us. We honestly met so many people. I feel like more than in years past, like we've always had people... Come up and say hi to us because they recognize us from whether it was the podcast or even just Triple Twist because we always have pictures and videos of ourselves out there. So and we've been around for a really long time. We have been. So we've always had people come up to us, but for some reason this year it felt like a lot. Yeah, I want to say last year it was like less than ten, and it felt like almost fifty this year. <laughs> like it was like a drastic increase. Yeah. So and I'm not really sure like why. <laughs> like <laughs> the like we're not doing anything different. Like you know what i mean Like we still have the podcast. Right, we're it's not, doing everything It's not like we had this like tremendous amount of growth since last year. Right. But I mean I appreciate it so much and I just want to say thank you to every single person. Everyone was so nice. Like people are just they're too nice. (laughs) Yeah, we had quite a few people telling us like keep going and they love our podcast and they listen to us when they go for their walk or you know they're jogging on the treadmill and they're listening to us. And that was just really nice to hear, honestly, because me and Ashley, you know, we don't make really a whole lot of money from this podcast. We make a little bit, but it's not really enough to, like, even partially (laughs) be a source of income. Yeah, it's not like it's our full-time job or anything. It's really just something that we do as a hobby. So we do it for the people, and to hear people are listening to it and enjoying it, honestly, that just means so much to us. So, yeah, I want to say thank you. Thank you. And we had so much fun, honestly. We had fun with old friends, got to meet a lot of new friends. It was just the perfect combination of gymnastics and being around people that I love. Yes. We love our little gym hangouts. We love the library in downtown Fort Worth. We do. (laughs) That place is so much fun. And although I am kind of getting a little bit annoyed of Texas, like I'm just sick of it being in the same place every year. I Same. do enjoy Fort Worth, and now at this point, it's starting to become like a tradition where I get to see all my gymnastics friends. I mean, you really, some of them you get to see throughout the year, but a lot of them you really only get to see once a year at NCAAs. So, I mean, I agree with you. I wish it wasn't in Texas for a variety of <laughs> reasons, and I think there's better, potentially safer places, honestly, that you can even be holding it. I'd mm-hmm. really like to see Vegas. that that would be fun that's a neutral site and vegas is fine there's lots to do but they're also supposed to be doing the super 16 meet in vegas i think they're gonna try and make that a yearly thing so which is fine i'm fine with that but st louis is another place that held that back in 2018 2019 yeah but they have so many elite meets there that you know where they should have it in michigan (laughs) (laughs) why Because it's beneficial to me. To me and me only. (laughs) Not me only. There's a lot of people in Michigan that would appreciate it. Actually, a lot of our friends are either in Michigan or in the surrounding states. Yeah. So that's why I want it in Michigan because it benefits me and all my friends. (laughs) No, honestly, I don't really know where I want it. I guess that's not up for me to decide. I just feel like... It'd be fun to go somewhere different and experience somewhere new and also have it be somewhere that everybody could come because they feel safe. Like, I know there's people that aren't coming because they don't want to go to Texas because they don't feel safe. Yeah. And I would just like it to be in a place where... Attendance was so bad. Yeah, actually... Did you see that chart that Greg Martz I screenshotted it. Let me pull it up. It's so wild to see how attendance has dropped. Not only since they made it, that's really when I noticed it, is when they made it at a neutral site. Attendance drop, so that's interesting. But I feel like, specifically since it's been in Texas, it's been even worse. Yeah, well, so back in the day when schools used to host it, that was when attendance was really popping off. Because looking at this chart, there's like 40,000 over 40,000 per meet. And I'm assuming that's just for finals, but now it's like you're looking at 10,000. This year was a little bit more, it was 16,403. Whereas it was 10,250 the year before. So I'm, I don't have it up. I'm not looking at it. and just going off of what you're telling me. If I'm remembering correctly, those were combined numbers. So talking about semifinals and finals. Maybe. This doesn't say. It just says attendance for the NCAA Women's Gymnastics Championships. I just assumed it was the finals because it says two-day f- – oh, maybe it would be then the, uh, the It says two-day format and then three-day format. Because yeah, I'm thinking there's no way for finals there was that many people. there. I feel like there was like 5,000 people, 6,000 maybe. Yeah. Well, it's for sure some of the lowest numbers we've seen in recent years aside from 2021 – which is obviously the year after the pandemic, and they had – it was open to everybody, but not many people went. There was only 5,934 for Mm -hmm. obvious reasons. So aside from that, I feel like that doesn't really completely count. It does seem that attendance has been pretty low since it's been in Fort Worth as opposed to – honestly having a school host it, which I'm not advocating for that. I think that's a horrible idea. Right. I don't want that either. As somebody, good as it might be for attendance, I think that it would be horrific for... Somebody commented <laughs> that it's probably a Utah fan because it was under Greg Martsen's tweet. But they were like, see, this is why Utah should be hosting it. And I'm like, no, we don't want Utah to host it. We don't want any of these schools to host it. Because then there's going to be bias. So As we saw with regionals, like, that does happen. So It looks like the largest attendance for NCAAs. I don't want to say ever because this... Well, hell no, it'd be ever since the NCAA became a thing back in 1982, was 2007 in Salt Lake City. And it was 53,170. So they definitely do get bigger turnouts when the school hosts, but I think we already have enough problems as it is with bias and judging and crowd influence. And it is a very real thing. Like we can sit here and pretend like it's not, but I think deep down we all know that that is a factor. Yeah. So I want to avoid that, but I do think that there's areas we can put it that are neutral, that aren't, you know, affiliated with any school, but that are also places that everybody feels welcome. And safe going to so Mm -hmm. and i love fort worth like i think it's a really cute town i think it's really walkable the downtown area at least it's you know there's a lot of bars and restaurants and hotels and airbnbs me and ashley stayed in an airbnb that are very expensive yeah the hotels in that area and granted there was so much going on that weekend there was like several conventions outside of ncaa so there was just so much going on so many people there but they were wanting like two thousand dollars or upwards of like one thousand eight hundred one thousand nine hundred close to that two thousand. it was mark. double what we paid the year prior yeah and we were there from we arrived tuesday night and then we left sunday which is when everybody left um me and ashley were there for podium training so that's why we got in a little bit early but we weren't even there for a full week and to pay two thousand dollars for a hotel when you're there for not even a week and you're not staying in some like luxury like it's not like we're in hawaii you know what I mean? Like, right. I no mean, offense to Fort Worth, it's not worth that kind of money. But I will say, I I always have fun going. Me too. I look forward to this competition every year, not only because it's the national championships and it's just so exciting to see. Like, I feel like everything built up to this moment. Yeah. So to finally be there and see like who's gonna win and who's gonna win the all around, like this is the moment. Yeah, it's the moment that we've all been waiting for. But then also like I said, just to see all of our friends and just. You know, kind of live in a gymnastics world for a week and not have to worry about anything else is kind of fun. So love NCAAs. So to start off NCAA weekend, like I said, Ashley and I flew in on Tuesday night. And the very first thing that I did when the plane touched ground was go on Twitter and see that one Miss Sierra Brooks, our president, (laughs) is also the AAI award winner. (laughs) Which means back-to-back AAI awards for Michigan because Natalie Wojcik won it the year before. I got to say, this is no shade to Sierra, because y'all know I love Sierra. And we have major Michigan bias. Yes. You know we have like our Michigan glasses on, and we're like, la, 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 la. This (laughs) has nothing to do with Sierra, but I was just surprised that it was Sierra. I thought for sure it was going to be Trinity Thomas, especially because she was nominated last year, and Natalie won. So then when I saw she was nominated again this year, which I guess there's – Different opinions out there about this, because normally that's an award given to seniors, not fifth years. Yeah. But anyways, not the point. Trinity was nominated again. And I thought because she was nominated again, that was their way of being like, okay, you didn't win it last year. Here it comes. Right. You thought she was being like set up to win this time. I would have bet money on it, to be honest. But then Sierra won, which I'm happy with as a Michigan fan. And also just knowing Sierra, she is just an incredible human being. She's so talented in so many ways. Mm -hmm. She's so involved with the community and campus and, you know. She's the president of SAC. Yeah, just a tremendous student and athlete. I think that... You can't make it to that point where you're a semifinalist and not be deserving of that award. That's what I want to say because there were so many opinions online about it. And some people were, I think, a little salty about it. And here's the thing. I believe that if you are a finalist for the AEI award, that you are worthy of getting the, you know what I mean? Like you are worthy of it. So we can't sit here and say that one person was more worthy than somebody else. Like if you were at that point where you're standing on that stage as one of those five finalists, it's five, right? I think I so. Think it was. If you're one of those people, then clearly you are in that position for a reason, whether that's your academics, your gymnastics accomplishments, what you do within your community. Like there's, we don't quite know actually what the criteria is. That's something that's not public, which I think it should be. It's a mystery. I do feel like it should be something that's known to people. Like what is the criteria and how do they come to this conclusion? I think that'd be really interesting to see. But from what we have heard, what we know, they base it off of everything. So it's actually academics it's gymnastics it's your involvement in extracurricular things outside of gymnastics it's everything so and like ashley said From what we know of Sierra, we think that she is worthy of winning that award. So we are so proud of her. And also can't complain because Michigan wasn't there as a team. We were going to take all the wins we could get, right? Right. (laughs) It was a great start to the weekend. I think Bev said that to us too at podium training. Like the team at that rate was just like, we're just happy to be here because Sierra won the AAI. And it really just set the weekend off on a great tune. So moving on to day one of competition, semifinal one, we had Florida and LSU advancing. And this was a surprise to, I'm sure, a lot of gymnastics fans. A lot of people had Cal as the other team advancing. I know I did. But Cal kind of pulled a Michigan NCAA's 2022 moment where they had their leadoff. I'm pretty sure it was their leadoff person on bars. As well as the anchor on bars fell. So they had a counter fall and that completely put them out of the running for making it. Unfortunately Which is a shame because bars bars and beam are really good events for Cal, but particularly bars, that's like the event that the last couple of years they've been known for being the best on. And I'm pretty sure they were in the lead going into the third rotation. They were. Yeah. So then to have it slip away on bars, their best event, And it's funny because I remember being there saying to you that, like, they'll be fine. They're going to their best two events. They already have the lead. Like, I thought for sure that Cal was not only going to advance, but I thought they were going to beat Florida. Yeah, Florida wasn't having the best meet. Yeah. And so, unfortunately, they went to bars and they just lost it. But I got to say, LSU... Has really stepped it up. I know we talked about them in our Nationals preview. I think that they were just happy to be there. And they came in with this mentality of not really having anything to lose. Mm -hmm. And I think when you're in that sort of mental space, it allows you to compete freely and without any sort of stress or anxiety because the expectations are already... Okay, I'm gonna say low, but I don't mean that in like an insulting way. But you know what I mean? Like, with the amount of injuries they've had and just everything that they've been through, I think for them, getting to the national championships was a victory in and of itself. That the bar was already like at that point like the bar was like whoa, right here this is a success I don't think it's rude to say that I mean given the amount of injuries that they had injuries to key people like Kaya Johnson for example and KJ Johnson people that were in their lineups to lose all of that and also coming off of the season that they had last year where they didn't advance to the national championships it definitely looked like that their trajectory was going downwards yeah not many people would have predicted that they were going to make it to the final four I don't know if anybody did, even LSU fans. I don't think there's an LSU fan out there that can genuinely look at you and say after the season they were having with all of the injuries, that they were going to be able to not only make it to the National Championship, but then make it on to the Final Four. And what's absolutely wild about it is that as the season went on and things got quote unquote worse for LSU, meaning that they had an injury or whatever, as the season was going on and things looked like they were going downward for LSU, they actually went up in the rankings and they continued to increase, they continued to get get better and like overcome every obstacle that was thrown in their way and that is so incredible that has to be such a big not only confidence boost for them this season but even going into next season knowing that like we're capable of being one of the top four teams in the nation with all of this adversity that we faced what can we do when we're all here and healthy you know yeah. what I mean? Like, when they have their full roster competing at the level that they're capable of, then what does their team look like? Mm-hmm. Can they contend for a national title? You know, well, I and mean? they have some good recruits coming in for the future. So I think this definitely stopped the bleeding a little bit, if you consider that bleeding. But to me, you know, as a gymnastics fan, just watching everything that happens every single season, I think LSU was kind of like, you know, they had those years where they were like right up there, top three in the country. They were a contender for the title, they were just as good as Florida. Uh, and then the last couple of seasons, they've kind of just had a lot of rough patches, mm-hmm. and things were a little bit iffy. But yeah, they definitely haven't been as in the mix when it to- when it comes to just like talking about the national title, like SECs and all of that, and still being one of the top teams in the country. Absolutely. Yeah. But I don't think they've really been in the conversation for being one of those Final Four teams. Well, and it's crazy that this year of all the years, they were in the mix. They they made it to the very end. They made it to the Final Four. If ever there was a year to just throw in the towel or not push to make it to nationals. It would have been this one. And honestly, we all would have been like, okay, we get it. Like, you know what I mean? Right. It would have been justifiable. (laughs) Yeah. To have the most like mid season ever. And they were like, we're going to have the best season that we've had since. I mean, I don't know. I I wish I had the stack because it would make my sentence sound great. I don't know when the last time they were in the top four was. Um, oh gosh I don't even know I'm Well, thinking, I want I'm thinking to like 2017 20... that's what I'm thinking like 2018, 17. Somewhere in that range sorry I guess we could have looked that up but I mean what a flex to be able to have like arguably your most challenging season or what looked to be your worst season ahead of you with all the injuries and then to make it to nationals and make it to the final four and to have their theme of the climb which I don't know if you guys have watched the documentary that was done at LSU Gold. It was free for a period of time. I don't know if it still is. Which I super annoyed about because I paid for it. Yeah, and it was like a hundred something dollars so like if anyone wants the login let us know because we already paid for it I mean truthfully if you really want the login let us know if you're a loyal listener of ours we but will it's... give it to you because I want other people to reap the benefits of this Yeah, and not not have all my money I don't want to say go to waste because I, I thoroughly like it, but good... it's a lot of money for it feels like it's a good cause if we share it with everybody you know what I mean mm-hmm. So we definitely want to do an episode where we talk all about it it was a really great series documentary whatever you want to call it it was like nine parts I think I think there's probably still one more to come out with the outcome of nationals, but. Just really cool to see, like, the team's mindset and even Jay. I know a lot of people don't like Jay, but I think this helps to really not only humanize the the athletes and the team, but just to show, like, the coaching philosophy and the way they operate and what's going on. How they bounce back from things. Yeah. I mean, I really between that documentary and then just the way that the season unfolded, I have a lot of respect for Jay Clark, for LSU, and just how the season went. And I say that as somebody who doesn't necessarily consider themselves an LSU fan like you're not going to catch me necessarily rooting for LSU anytime soon but it definitely was fun to watch them this season and I have a lot of respect for like the process that they went through in the journey and Mm -hmm. ultimately the outcome I think that they deserve to be there and I'm, I'm happy for them and I also think that's why it's so important that this documentary exists because people can kind of be along on that process and that's how you grow the fan base not only within the school like that's going to make lsu fans not just lsu gymnastics fans but like people who are fans of lsu and the school and the football team and the basketball team and all of that interested in LSU gymnastics, but it helps grow just outside of that. You know what I mean? Like that's a really big part of how UCLA grew their fan base is how accessible they were and how they had all these videos and brew and banter and all these opportunities for you to kind of get some behind the scenes of what the team was actually like and what some of your favorite gymnasts were like. Deanna Hong was a really, really big part of that. So I think this is kind of just another example of that. My only complaint my only qualm with the whole thing is that I wish it was more accessible to people. Um, I know a lot of LSU fans will pay for this LSU goal and, and a lot of like serious gymnastic fans um, like me and Ashley paid for it because when there's gymnastics content, I want to support it. I want to be able to watch it. But I feel like the average person probably won't. Whereas if it were to be on YouTube or somewhere that's more accessible, like Instagram, you know, I, th- I think it would reach more people that well, way. Well, it definitely reaches more people when it's absolutely free. Although I do think that I understand putting things behind a paywall. Just to give the people that create it you know money the compensation for their time their efforts and all that so i'm not opposed to paying for it i think a hundred dollars is a little bit much like can we do like twenty dollars or something or Can you do like a couple months or something well like because that. then what'll happen is the cheaper it is now we're going off on a tangent but the cheaper it is the more people are going to pay for it right. and then in the end they will probably end up making more money i think the fact they made it free tells me they didn't have a lot of people paying for it well and there was some i don't remember who tweeted it. it was somebody involved with the whole project basically tweeted that like their numbers after making it free skyrocketed it was a tweet that i quote tweeted actually at some point i don't know if you saw it Mm. ash (laughs) but whatever the numbers were regardless of that it sounded like it was a huge success particularly after they made it accessible to everybody by making it free so, yeah, just something to think about. And I hope more teams will start to look into ways that they can create some of that for their own team. Because, like I said, I think it's great for growing the fan base, it's great for growing interest. Yeah. Um, we love gymnastics content. <laughs> yes. Anyways, okay, so back to the meet. Semifinal one, like I said, Florida, LSU. Um, Denver, unfortunately, had a count a fall on beam, so they took themselves out of the mix. And but then Lindsay killed. Brown. Lindsay Brown. She got second on vault, which, by the way, she tied with Courtney Blackston from Boise State. They both stuck their vault, tied for second. Iconic. We love it. And then Lindsay, after her floor routine, it was just so emotional. Like, yes. you know, you knew in that moment, because they ended on floor, you knew that that was going to be her final... Collegiate routine, at least. She's kind of hinting at her elite comeback happening which but, is something that she had mentioned before actually listened to our interview with her from however many years ago i think two years ago now yeah but we're coming back to it now because now she's finally wrapping up her college career so yeah and she tweeted something the other day about like getting a fig or fig however you say it representative and i'm like ooh, so she, maybe she's not done but anyways as far as her denver career goes that was her final 14 and we knew at that point that denver wasn't going to advance it was really emotional She was crying, and it was just sad, but, Mm -hmm. I mean, what a meet, and what a way for her to go out, especially having her team there. And then for session two this one was a bloodbath we had oklahoma utah ucla and kentucky all teams that i think if they were in the other session could have and maybe should have advanced but in the end it was oklahoma and utah who advanced and i think that's fair i think that's right Those were the two best teams on that day in that semi for sure yes ucla put up a hell of a fight unfortunately their vault kind of like the story has gone all season it's been their weakest event, and I think that unfortunately that was the event that really kept them out of contention for beating Utah. Because I mean, I think beating Oklahoma was a stretch, you know what I mean? Like, unless they had a performance like they did at regionals, which was possible, of course, but I think that for UCLA, they were most likely trying to take down Utah. And I think in the end, we said this in the preview, which that episode was on half and half out. For UCLA, I think it really came down to vault Mm -hmm. and just not having enough 10 up start values, not sticking enough vaults. And I think in the end, that's kind of what did them in as far as keeping pace with Oklahoma and Utah and trying to beat one of those teams. Yeah. Uh, Like you said, mainly Utah was the one that they were probably really targeting. But it's frustrating because their score was good enough to advance if it was in the other session. session. one. And so that sparked a lot of debate online. Like, do we reevaluate how we seed teams after regional? Do we take all, you know, the top four scores regardless of the session that you're in? I think in theory that sounds nice just to have your top four teams regardless of session. But I think the problem would be whoever's in the first session is going to get lower scoring. That's just typically how it goes. And I don't trust the judges to not, you know, boost scores in the second session. See, I understand that. And I agree with you that that's probably what's going to happen. But it also is frustrating because it shouldn't be that way. So, like, that shouldn't even be something that right. we're having to discuss. Like, but there's we so should, many things. You should, in theory, things. be able, because it's the same set of judges, you should, in theory, be able to take just the top four scores, regardless of session, and have those be your final four. You should be able to, So, but... like, that maybe is where the problem lies. That's, again, <laughs> where we need to evaluate is judging, because why are you giving something a higher or lower score just simply based off of what time of day they're competing? Like, the routine is the routine, and the deductions are the deductions. I think that would open up just a whole other can of worms, because you'd have teams that performed really, really well in semi-final one, and then... You'll have a team that maybe is a bigger name performing in semifinal two that has a worse performance than somebody in semifinal one. But the judges are going to be overscoring them. You know what I mean? It's just going to it's just going to create a mess. We already have enough of a mess. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. And I understand. I just uh, I'm to with me you. This just points to what the issue is, which I think a lot of it falls on the judging. and I think it's frustrating for sure to be. To put up a score that's good enough to advance to the final four, but then not be in the final four, because then it reflects in the rankings. Like UCLA was in the top four, but then when you look in the final rankings, they're like they're fifth now, I think. I yeah, I'd have to look honestly, Um, but that would make sense. Yeah, but because in the end, it's about the top four teams, the ones that compete at Final Four. They're going to be the ones that are in the top four rankings. Like it doesn't the score doesn't matter at that point. It's placement. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's how far you advance on, like Michigan, for example, because they didn't advance to finals or they didn't advance to nationals. I mean, they're not going to be in the top eight. Yeah. Um, And it's just kind of how it goes. So, I mean, I would like to see some changes made to postseason format in general. I don't think it's a bad idea to reseed after regionals because then what ends up happening is really it's Michigan's fault that this happened, (laughs) if you really want to think about it. Because if Michigan had advanced to nationals, the semis would have been more evenly balanced. You would have had Florida. Cal, Michigan, LSU. Yeah, because uh, my argument would be that Denver wouldn't have made it if you listened to our last episode. So that is a more challenging semifinal with, you would assume, Florida and Michigan advancing, but then you would have LSU and Cal kind of fighting for one of those spots. Yeah. And that sounds more fair when you look at the other session, which was UCLA, Utah, Oklahoma, Kentucky. Yeah. The frustration that a lot of people had was one of these is clearly easier than the other, but if regionals had gone the way that people were expecting, and maybe that they, maybe that it should have gone, they would have been more evenly matched semifinals in terms of difficulty. Yeah, if that makes sense. No, yeah, for sure. So I wish there was some way to, I guess, kind of even that out to give teams that are worthy of being in that final four an opportunity that's more of an equal opportunity than lumping all of those top teams together. Because in my opinion, just based on how season was going, UCLA was one of the top four to five teams in the country consistently all year, along with Oklahoma and Utah and Michigan and Florida. LSU did what they needed to do on the day, which is super impressive, but it's not really representative, I guess, of... The, actual the top best. teams in the country competing for a national title yeah. so anyways I digress that's a whole nother debate curious to hear what your guys' thoughts are but we will move on just for the sake of time I do want to give a shout out though to Utah because they looked incredible during day one they actually had the highest score even over Oklahoma which so nobody probably saw that coming right this probably isn't too much of a surprise but of course with Michigan not advancing as a team Brittany and I were team Utah for the day four finals we wore Michigan 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 during the semifinals because, of course, we had our Michigan individuals there. But for the finals, we were Team Utah because we are Team Brenner. I was joking with people that me and Ashley flipped to the dark side (laughs) because we've historically been not only Michigan fans, but UCLA fans. Like, UCLA is always my number two team. So it was kind of funny, I think, for people to see me and Ashley up in Utah here. Yes, we got lots of comments from people about what we were wearing, but... But it's because of Brenner. Like, it totally makes sense. And when we explain that to people, they're like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Right. Like, this is why I'm here. <laughs> With it being her final meet, and just how long we've known her, and she just means a lot to us, so of course we had to support her in her final meet, and I don't regret doing that. So we were we were rooting for Utah to win the whole thing, because I wanted Abby to be the only person in history to win two NCAA titles with two different teams. Unfortunately, it didn't happen, but I will say that after that first semifinal, it definitely felt possible. Like, the vibes were good. Yeah. I know she felt that too. Just... A really good performance. One of the best performances of the whole season for that team. Yeah, they did exactly what they needed to do on that day. Unfortunately, they didn't have quite as good of a day during finals. But what a season for Utah. What a final year for Abby Brenner. I tweeted this and i wholeheartedly believe that you know michigan was as good as they were and utah was as good as they were because of athletes like Abby brenner she is not only capable of bringing in a really solid consistent score on three events those are the things that we always talk about but i think that she's a remarkable person i think her energy her leadership her kindness her confidence i mean just so many qualities that I think, I don't want to say are rare because I think any athlete at that level is a lot of those things, but I just know that she's a special person and I don't think it's a coincidence that she was on two teams and both of those teams had one of their, well, for Utah one and for Michigan for some of their best years in recent years, I know Utah has had lots of success. Right. <laughs> Utah has won before, but Utah has a long history. It's been a long time since Utah could genuinely go into a final at nationals and feel like they had a chance at beating the top team. Like it's been a while since they've been able to say that truly. Yeah, and for Michigan to have the four years that they had and win the national title in 2021, I don't know. I just don't think it's a coincidence that both those things happened, and Abby Brenner was a part of both of those teams so want to give a shout out to her we love her and of course it was really really sad too i woke up the morning of finals it was like five in the morning and i couldn't sleep because of the sound we were downtown fort worth and it was very loud but anyways i woke up when i had the realization that it was going to be abby brenner's last meet and i got teary-eyed and then i fell asleep and i woke up and i was like teary-eyed again <laughs> i surprisingly didn't cry during the meet or after I thought I would, but I didn't. I was able to keep it in. I think you were as well. Yeah. I got a little teary eyed for high ski and that. Yes. Their final routines. It's just so crazy to think how long we've known them. And I mean, gosh, this is back when they could commit when they were like eighth grade. Mm -hmm. and we were I think we were in high school when they committed which is like almost 10 years ago which is also crazy to say don't say that you're aging (laughs) yeah (laughs) but it's just it was just so I don't even know what the word is it's been a really long journey and I think what was going through my mind was I remember being excited for the days that they would be at Michigan because I knew that all three of them would make such a big impact then to fast forward five years later I guess however many years later if you're going all the way back to when they first committed to thinking that this is gonna be the last time we see them compete um just time flies i guess you know yeah sad but tis the life of a gymnastics fan who has sentimental favorites yes <laughs> bright things are in store for them abby already has a job well i should clarify brenner already has a job lined up super excited for shout her. out to her we love we that we won't say what it is because i don't know if she wants that but right yeah, we won't but... spill her beans but she's gonna kill it in life as our high ski and that forever our girls gymnastics doesn't last forever but you want to know what does my love for them the fan club <laughs> <laughs> okay anyways finals want to talk about finals yes it was anticlimactic in the end almost a carbon copy of last year aside from fourth place which was LSU yeah it does seem to be that Oklahoma Florida and Utah always find themselves in the mix kind of and then there's always a fourth team that sneaks in there this year it was LSU so much and super happy for them Utah I think this is the first year in a while that they were actually contending for the title like it actually felt like they had a chance Florida always is one of those teams that has a chance shout out to them for always consistently being the number two team in the country and then Oklahoma always somehow coming out on top. So I will say that in both watching the meet live and then also just going back and watching the broadcast, I do think that no team had a perfect day, Mm -hmm. but I can't help but feel like in the end, it came down to, I think it was a 10th and a half, the Oklahoma beat Florida. And I really do feel that Florida was the better team that day. Yeah. And I don't think that's too controversial of an opinion. I've seen Many people agree with that online, but I just want to make it clear. This is just my opinion. I think you could probably make a solid argument for either, honestly. Similar to the last episode where we really broke down the Denver regional. You probably I've, have to rescore that. To a lot of people want us to rescore I Literally after the meet, there was three different people that messaged and was like, are you going to rescore this? And I'm like, oh, I don't want to be done rescoring. <laughs> we could. We could maybe just do Florida and Oklahoma since they were really the top. The only teams that, in the end, contended for the title, Utah took themselves out after vault. But I think there's an argument for either, honestly. I think Because here's that... the thing. Oklahoma started on vault. They didn't stick any vaults, which, by the way- Well, Troutman did. Troutman did. Because she always does. <laughs> but nobody else did. Faith Torres did too, but it was kind of like a deep squat. Okay, I'm lying. You're right. She did. Yeah, you her stick. But they were sticking them in warm-ups, and me and Ashley looked at each other, like, and I was Here like- Here we go. This is not going to end well for anybody else, because they were, like, one after another sticking. It was incredible. But they didn't do that quite in competition, aside from Troutman and Faith Torres, she did stick it, but it was also a deep stick, which technically does... It wasn't, like, a bam, perfect stick. Right. It was just, like, boom, There were deductions to take in it. It wasn't, like, a bam, perfect. It was just, like, boom. Does that make sense? That totally makes sense. (laughs) There were deductions to take, yes. (laughs) So, like I said, vault landings could have been better. Bars was pretty lights out. They were amazing on bars. I would say probably the highlight of the entire competition, all semifinals. Like, it was... That was... That was it. Like, their bars was, like chef's kiss perfection beam however they were a little bit shaky on beam now i gotta remember off the top of my head it was jenna dunn in the leadoff, right they put jenna Don back in yeah finals olivia troutman had two wobbles yes and jenna dunn had a big wobble as well and jordan up. bowers they didn't show it on the main broadcast but she also had a wobble she was going at the same time that trinity was was trinity on bars no vault. So it was the same time that Trinity was in the 10 record. Yes. Uh, Jordan Bowers was on beam, and she and also had a wobble. Reagan Smith under-rotated her beam dismount and had a hop forward that I'm pretty positive they didn't deduct for. The deduct scores forward. felt a little bit high. I mean, they were going in the 9-9 range and should not have been. Yeah. Well, Olivia Troutman had like a nine eight. Are you looking at the score? Yeah. She had like a nine eight three seven five or nine eight two five something like that. Ash was gonna verify. <laughs> I'm nine eight two five is my guess. That's what I think I remember. So Troutman did get a nine eight two five. Boom! I was right. Congratulations. <laughs> um, Faye Torres got nine nine. Reagan got nine nine. And see, no, 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 Jenna no, no. Don, hold on. Jenna Don got 9.85. Audrey Davis got 9.95. That was deserved. That was great. Audrey Davis nailed it. And Jordan Bowers got 9.9125. No. See, okay. Reagan Smith. From what I remember, great routine. Like, no really super big or obvious deductions in the routine itself. But the dismount. When you under-rotate, it's a tenth alone for the under-rotation. And then that's also not factoring in the hop or the stop. Yeah. So, like, a 9-9 for Ragan Smith on beam is mathematically impossible. Yeah. And it was a great routine. I think if you wanted to be absolutely brutal and do all of the deductions that you should be taking for that... You're looking at like a 9.8. And I'm not saying that, like, it wasn't that big of a hop. Like, it was not at all like a disastrous dismount. So, 9-8 maybe is a little harsh, but like, it should not have gone over 9.85 because she under rotated it and because she had the hop. And then you have Troutman 9.825 with two really big leg up wobbles. Reagan and Olivia Troutman, to me, were the biggest two that were overscored. And that alone could have made the difference. With Florida, and granted, that's like assuming that all the other scoring was correct at all the other events, even for Florida. No, and we should say, too, because I I have no stake in the game, and that's just FYI. Like I, at that point, my team was knocked out. I was rooting for Utah, and it was starting to look like Utah also wasn't going to do it, so I didn't really have a mistake in the game like I don't really care in the end who won um I would be happy for anybody I also think that Florida was overscored at some points too so I'm not trying to say that it was like only Oklahoma that was overscored like it, it's an issue across the board for everybody I guess just watching it back I felt like Florida was the better looking team like Florida had more mistakes like like Leanne Juan went out of bounds on her raving double front pike they had a fall on beam from Ellie LA Lazari. Yeah. But they could drop those. And everybody else came through. They had some of their best vault landings that they've had all season. Bars, they were lights out. Yeah. Beam, aside from the fall, they were pretty spot on. Like, Riley McCusker was a little bit off in the semifinals. But between Bars and Beam, she was beautiful in the finals. And that routine was a little bit underscored, in my opinion. Like, I I would have gone five for that. For her beam. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. I guess it's one of those things that, like... Until we actually break it down and score it, it's hard to say for sure, like, confidently that, oh, Florida should have won. They were over, or they were underscored and Oklahoma was overscored. But just from watching it live and then going back and watching it, I felt like Florida just looked like the better team that day. Because another thing, too, we didn't mention was floor for Oklahoma. They were good routines, but again, with the under rotation, I think Jordan Bowers and Reagan Smith, if I'm remembering correctly. Both of their last passes, their double pikes. Yeah, and Jordan or for Reagan, it might be her double talk. I forget if she does a double talk or a double pike. But anyways, it's that pass. Jordan Bowers went went nine nine five. But she under rotated. Well, and it was one of those things where she covered it up very well. Right. She quickly got into the one's position and. Kind of moved both of her feet at the same time. Like one foot went forward, one went back to kind of disguise the fact that she was a little bit under rotated, as opposed to like landing with two feet and then stepping back. Mm-hmm. She like quickly scooted out both feet at the same time, and covered it very well. But it was noticeable to me in the arena. Yeah. And then but they Ra- weren't ta- they weren't taking that deduction all weekend for any teams. So no, I guess Smith- as long as they're being consistent across the board. Reagan Smith got nine nine one two five. So, yeah, it's just, I, I feel like 10th here, 10th there, half 10th here, half 10th there. I can't help but feel like Florida just looked like the better team that day. Mm-hmm. But. No, I think that was my gut feeling, too. And everyone that we talked to, like other gymnastics fans, seem to kind of be under the same belief that Florida was the better team that day. But it's also hard because I think a lot of people don't root for Oklahoma. So it's like one of those things where you have to try and form your own opinion and not just fall into the, like, mm-hmm, The mob mentality. mentality. Where it's like, we all just hate Oklahoma, and so therefore anybody who got close to them should have been the rightful winner. You know what I mean? Right. But in this case, I think, like I said, going back and watching it myself. Well, watching it in the arena, first of all, but then also going back and re-watching it again and kind of paying a little bit closer attention to individual routines and what the scores were. I thought Florida looked really good, and I kind of feel bad for them because I feel like, I think they felt like they did enough to get it. Yeah. Um, and in the end, it was just, it was close, but. Yeah. And it was Trinity's last meet. Mm-hmm. That was a big reason. Actually, really the biggest reason that she came back. Because she's done all of the things, including now holding the perfect 10 record, the all time record. Um, she came back for the team title. And, unfortunately, fell a little bit short, just a tenth and a half short of doing that. But a great day for Florida, a great career for Trinity. How special, especially given, you know, what happened at regionals where she stopped mid Florentine and we weren't really sure if she was even going to compete again. Yeah. And, and at podium training, she only did bars. So we were thinking like that might be the only event. And one of the coaches we talked to in the midst of podium training. And, you know, they said that she was going to warm up vault. She actually didn't end up doing it during podium training. But she pulled it out for competition. So it was a roller coaster yeah. with Trinity. We never knew what exactly she was going to do. But I'm so glad that she did end up doing vault Because her vault in finals was, I think, the best vault she's ever done in her career. It was. She's done a lot of really good vaults, so to say that really means something. And it tied for the record of all time perfect tens. Twenty eight is the number. Yep, with Jenny Hansen and Jamie Dancer. Yep, just so special. And honestly, I'm kind of glad, in a way, that she. I don't know how you feel about this, but I'm kind of glad that. She didn't actually break the record because I feel like it would just always be one of those things that people argue over. Like, you will never be able to say that Trinity Thomas holds the record for the most perfect tense without people reminding you that, well, she did it in five years and they did it in four. You know what I mean? Oh, I mean, that's still going to happen, though. I I already know it's going to happen. It's still going to happen, but it's a little bit more easy just to be like, shut up, because in the end... (laughs) in the end it's it's a tie like jenny and jamie still hold that title so if you're like big fans of them you can still brag about it's that those things like you hear you all get some type thing yeah it just and i'm not saying one way or the other like i'm not saying that like trinity doesn't deserve to have the title like at the end of the day it's no one's fault COVID happened they all got the extra year and trinity sat out was it her sophomore year there were several, um, several meets where Trinity was out. Her well. sophomore year, she was dealing with injuries. That was the year that Florida, I believe, didn't advance as a team to nationals. No, no, no. I'm thinking it's the year that she maybe I'm confused. she competed all her years, so I don't there, know. There was a year that she got her on like a bar dismount. Yeah, she definitely has missed meets. I Anyways, mean, I guess it honestly doesn't matter where I'm going with this. Is that I think in the end. It probably shakes out to where, like, she didn't have that many more opportunities than any other person would have had in a regular Well, and she definitely, with the injury at regionals, I mean, she could have blown the record out of the water, and she didn't because of the injury. Oh, and she would have. She absolutely would have. If she had done four, Mm -hmm. like, she absolutely would have. Oh, yeah, for sure. So, I mean, I'm just happy that she at least tied the mark. That was a big thing that everyone was talking about all season long. Yeah. And I'm sure, whether she wants to acknowledge it or not, I'm sure in the back of her mind it was there. Mm-hmm. she was thinking about it. And... It was really cool to be in the arena for that moment. I feel like everybody no matter what team you were rooting for like had respect for Trinity in that moment. Like she the crowd went crazy. I think we all knew that it was a perfect vault. Um, It was just a really cool moment to be able to be a part of that and to witness that part of history, Mm -hmm. because that's exactly what it is. Like, she's going to go down in the history books as one of the greatest college gymnasts of all time. So just to be able to say that we, you know, saw that moment and were a part of it was, I don't know, I thought it was really, really cool. Other moments that stood out, pulled at my heartstrings, Nora Flatley's final beam routine. Yeah. She gave the beam a kiss at the end and she was like sobbing. Her sisters were a couple rows over from us. And at the end of the meet, she ran over and, like, I don't know how the gymnasts were doing this, by the way. Like, they always somehow ended up, like, in the stands or, like, on the ledge. But it, it's, like, high up. And it there's is. not a ladder. So I don't know how they're doing it. They're, like, scaling the wall somehow. Um, Well, I, there is technically um a way to get down because I saw it on the other side of the arena. Whether the people who work in the arena allow that to happen is another story. Um, That's what I think Crystal was saying, that, like, they wouldn't let her up to see her family, even though they were letting at some points other people up. Like, Nora was one of the people who somehow got up there. And granted, she didn't go into the audience. She was just kind of, like, dangling off the ledge. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Super safe. Um, But but, she was having a very special moment with her family. And it was just emotional, just seeing how, like... I don't want to say upset, but maybe it was upset. I don't know. They were just all like in tears. And it was just like, oh my gosh. Yeah, because like- it's the end. You know, like you work your entire life to reach the highest level. And you've just been a gymnast your entire life. And this finally is... Like the end, this is like the last thing that you will do as a gymnast. Yeah, I would imagine that's pretty bittersweet, not only for the athlete, but for their families who have supported them throughout their entire career, like all Mm -hmm. of those years. And then Darian Goborn, her brother, I think they ended up showing this on the broadcast, but he was actually in the section, like he was in our section, so he was like right in front of us. And as she was doing her final floor routine, he was standing there in the front row watching and basically got a front row seat. For her final routine. And he had his crown on. Yes, he did have a crown on. Love that. But just stuff like that. It's just so sad, but also so special at the same time. And that's kind of the bittersweetness that comes along with the NCAA championships. But those are definitely some highlights for me, I think. And I think it's helpful, I would imagine at least, for them to know that this is going to be the end. Like, Darian went into that routine knowing that it was going to be her last. Whereas for t- those athletes that don't make it onto nationals... Like, it's, I feel like it, the end comes quicker than you were expecting. Yeah. So at least they have that in, you know, that moment to know that this is going to be the final routine. I feel like we're forgetting something big that happened in incidental Is there any stories we can tell? God, it was such a long weekend. But a fun weekend. Yeah, I really, I really don't think there's any... I think in the beginning we mentioned the library. It's a bar in downtown Fort Worth. There was a lot of gymnastics fans there. After the meet, we did like a little <laughs> dance circle moment where like you get in the middle of the circle and you do a part of a gymnast full routine. So we had a lot of like Oklahoma, like the the Rag and Smith, the clock, the, the clock moment. move. Yeah. Um, we had some Danny Seavers moments in there. That was fun. <laughs> that was fun. I also had some of the best mac and cheese that I've had in my entire life. Yeah, what is the place called? Um, Was it Buckhead Brewery? It was something head brewery. I know that much. (laughs) It's super helpful. Thanks. It was something that started with a B, head brewery. No, I think you're right. It was Um, so good. It was near the arena. It was like maybe not even, it wasn't even a mile from the arena. It was like a half mile, but it was so good. But anybody who knows Ashley knows that she's a mac and cheese fanatic. Yes. And so she has high standards for her macaroni. Now, granted, on the menu, it was listed as lobster mac and cheese. I did minus the lobster because I am a picky eater and I am five years old at heart. So I basically eat like a five-year-old. So a five-year-old's not going to eat lobster, so, you know, of course I got a but minus that. this was that. like luxury mac and cheese. It was so good. I would honestly consider, I'm joking, but I would honestly consider moving to Fort Worth just to have that mac and cheese. For, so you can eat it every day for life? For dinner. You're not joking. You would totally do that? <laughs> no, I would not. <laughs> but it was really good. Definitely the best mac and cheese that I've had, for sure. I don't know. I think that's it. Well, the 2023 NCAA season has come to an end, guys. That's a wrap. Time to start planning for next year. I'm already doing it. I'm already going to start planning my fantasy gym, drafting strategies, what my themes for my teams are going to be. And we have to not make the mistake again of doing so many teams because that was a disaster. Yeah. Guys, don't ever do more than like five. Like you don't, you think that you want to do it, but I promise you, you don't. It's fun to draft. It's not fun to maintain. Yeah. Take it from people that have experienced it. (laughs) it's not fun and we've been so into fantasy gym so like this year to feel so disconnected from it was very heartbreaking for me yeah like in the end i just didn't care about my teams like after week four i just didn't care it's sad but there's always next year yay We just want to say thank you again to everybody who has listened and supported the show and everyone that came up to say hi to us at NCAAs again. We had so many people come up and it's just nice to actually meet and get to talk to people that listen to our show. We met one of our gold level Patreon supporters and it was so funny because her and her husband were walking down the street and they were behind us and then Brittany and I saw something we believe was a cockroach. Like, cross into this, like, it was garden. this big, disgusting... It, 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 could, it had to have been a cockroach. Like, I don't know what else it could have been. It was something we didn't have in Michigan, which is why we were so intrigued by it. And then she was behind us and then by the time like we like stopped looking for the cockroach I shouldn't make it sound like we were like rummaging through like the bushes <laughs> trying to find a cockroach and we did have our flashlight out on our phone we, we, we were, were interested like... but you also got to know me and Brittany like we're not going to get anywhere near a cockroach in no a I wanted to see it from a distance yeah we just wanted to observe it but anyways she ended up when we were done doing that she introduced herself and then she thought that we were like admiring the flowers or something and we were like oh we that's were... really that's really wholesome yeah we, nope. were, ac- we were actually like on a scavenger hunt for a cockroach (laughs) (laughs) anyways it was just she's one of our gold level patreon supporters so when she said her name it's like oh my gosh like we say your name every week. Yeah, like I knew exactly who she was. So, so it's, it's just cool. cool. Yeah, we, we loved it. So thank you to everybody for being so sweet. Also, the three-year anniversary of our podcast happened and we never acknowledged it on the podcast. We posted it on social media, but oops. it's always around the time of regionals, like the week of regionals is when our anniversary happens. So it's been three years. So for those of you who have been with us from the start, and even those of you who are new to the podcast, if you listen, we appreciate it. You and we love being friends with you. That does it for this week's episode. We hope you guys enjoyed it and we real quickly want to take a moment to thank our Gold Level Patreon supporters. So a big thank you to Amy M, Emily B, Kathleen R, Lucy S, Becca S, DFP, Blake B, Cookie Master, Faith M, Kristen R, Lori S, Sabrina M, Amy C, Erica S, Milan W, M, Derek H, Abby M, Martin, and Jasmine C. Thank you all for continuing to support our show each month at the highest tier level. We appreciate you guys so, so much. And if you are interested in becoming a Patreon supporter, we always have a link in the show notes down below to how you can join because this episode came out so late in the week we're probably not gonna have an episode out on monday i think we can kind of use a little bit of a break anyways so we're gonna take a week off and we have plenty of things in the works interviews ideas for future episodes so a lot of good things coming up but we're not quite sure at this point which one's gonna come first so we don't want to make any promises but you can expect an episode probably the following monday yes that's the plan so thank you guys for tuning in and we hope you have a wonderful week and We'll talk to you real soon. Bye. Bye.